7.44 nearly, so it's really been a busy year for everyone concerned with the Korean Peninsula, including journalists who've bounced from Pyeongchang to Panmunjom and even to Pyongyang in some lucky cases, not to mention Singapore. For those of us in Seoul, it might come as a source of relief as well as amazement that Chairman Kim Jong-un promised President Moon Jae-in to visit the South Korean capital possibly within this year when they read out their Pyongyang joint declaration yesterday. The Wall Street Journal's Seoul Bureau Chief Jonathan Cheng joins us on the line now to reflect further. Good morning to you. Good morning. So, can you summarise for us the the atmosphere this time around? Because a lot was made of it when the two Korean leaders crossed the border together and uh, even the foreign press corps was taken aback by that in April. This time around... Have we been desensitized or, or were people still pretty amazed by some of the developments? I definitely do think that there's an element of, as you say, desensitization or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's very simple that the novelty has worn off in a certain sense. This is not April. Um, if you think back to April, we were really at uh, the point where you could easily remember all the threats and all the 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 you know, missile launches and everything else that we had in 2017. Now we've been in this dialogue for a while. We've seen Kim out on the world stage. It's not quite as um, unusual to see him doing this. But um, I do think we need to step back and just consider how remarkable it still is that this is happening and that they're going up to Mount Pektu today, things like that. It's, it's, It's something that we really couldn't ever have imagined even a few months ago. Yeah, President Moon, we know, left around 6.30 this morning. And we presume he's right now uh, on his way to Mount Pektu, and we'll bring you further details of that as we get them. But what about the declaration? I mean, that that will be the the main legacy of this trip, presumably, as well as any relationship building. Was there anything in that agreement that surprised you? Yeah, well, I mean, um, I think just the uh, boldness, I think, on Kim's part was, was, was quite interesting. I mean, obviously, the backdrop for this meeting is the impasse that we've seen North Korea and the U.S. come to, where each side was saying, we've done a whole lot, we need you to make the next step. And um, things were stuck, and I expected that maybe we might have um, a little bit of, of, of movement here or there, but we saw um, announcements on all sorts of fronts here, most importantly for the U.S., is on the nuclear Issue, but also we saw plenty of in Korean, of course. Um, it was an inter Korean summit after all, um, and, and lots of movement there towards um, doing things that people have said um, absolutely couldn't be done because of sanctions or, or other concerns. Um, it looks like um, Kim here seems willing to, um, to, to move ahead quite quickly, and um, you know, we'll see how this, this, this runs up against. Uh, the U.S.-South Korea relationship as, as far as sanctions and other things go. Um, and we'll see whether or not uh, he really does go all the way in terms of decommissioning Yongbyon uh, and the nuclear site there, as was mentioned. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of promise in here, but of course, um, as with all uh, negotiations with North Korea, there's going to have to be um, still a few more steps before everything comes to fruition. Can you really see Chairman Kim in Seoul at any stage, let alone by the end of this year? Well, I mean, that's what they've said. And um, I wouldn't rule anything out at this point because, as we've said, we've been surprised again and again by what we've seen. And I would have said I couldn't, 
you know, imagine seeing Kim Jong-un's younger sister at the Olympics, and there she was for the opening uh, ceremony. So um, I wouldn't say no to that. Um, I, I also would have guessed that there would be a North Korean uh, concert by, you know, what is essentially a propaganda orchestra in Seoul and at the Olympics, and yet that happened as well. So um, I don't see any reason why we should uh, rule out Kim Jong-un in Seoul. But you're writing for an American media outlet and the U.S. still holds a very important card or several cards in this case. One of them is how it responds to this promise to denuclearize in very specific terms by uh, Chairman Kim yesterday. But it still requires U.S. to take corresponding measures, for example, if North Korea is going to shut down Yongbyon. Also, we didn't have a, a specific mention of verifiably getting rid of the weapons. Yeah, no, that's right. It it didn't mention anything about the existing arsenal. Um, when it comes to the, uh, you know, satellite rocket missile launch pad up in the northwest um, at Sohe or Dongchanmi, um, it does mention bringing in inspectors. But, of course, um, we've also seen North Korea move towards a focus on firing its missiles from the back of mobile launchers. So, um you know, a, a missile launch pad is of less value there. And you're right, there's a condition for uh, the, the shutting down of Yongbyon, and that's on the U.S. moving forward with uh, the, the Singapore uh, statement, which suggests that the North wants the peace treaty uh, to end the Korean War formally um, before that might happen. And, of course, that road is, is very uh, tricky and uh, has a lot of baggage attached to it, including um, whether or not U.S. military forces remain in South Korea. So it's bound up in a lot of issues that need to be worked out. It is possible that uh, President Donald Trump moves ahead anyways, but, uh, but, but that's something that hasn't happened yet and isn't a sure thing. Thank you, Jonathan Cheng of the Wall Street Journal, Seoul Bureau Chief here. Good luck with your coverage today. Let's uh, now turn to Professor Park Won-gon from the School of International Studies at Handong University for another local perspective. Good to have you with us on the line. Good morning. Good morning to you. Can I just continue on that theme that we were just speaking with about to uh, Jonathan Cheng about um, specifically where we should place our expectations on, on the U.S. right now? Is the U.S. going to see, do you think, enough from North Korea, based on the Pyongyang Declaration, to actually take corresponding measures? Well, at this moment, I'm not 100% sure whether U.S. Has, will have this corresponding measure or not, but we just heard from the news um, of the United States that, especially the, the Secretary Pompeo mentioned that the U.S. will resume this talk with North Korea, and Pompeo himself will be meet uh, the North Korean Foreign Minister Lee Yong-ho in New York and also uh, the Steve Bergen, the uh, special envoy to North Korea, will go to Vienna and meet the counterpart of North Korea. So that means it's, uh, in terms of this success or uh, the, the assessment of the Pyongyang Joint Declaration, is pretty success. Our first objective is to resume the talk between the North Korea and the United States. So the U.S. finally accepted this talk. So I think in that sense, it's pretty much successful. 
with all the other details that were in that declaration, I, I mean, even beyond denuclearization, we had the announcement they would pursue a joint Olympic bid, reconnecting roads and railways, plans for inter-Korean business cooperation uh, once sanctions are lifted. Chairman Kim coming to Seoul by the end of the year, perhaps. I mean, they're, they're all very, very positive. But when we throw in the denuclearization steps, are you impressed uh, and even surprised, as I asked Jonathan Cheng, by what we saw in detail yesterday? Yes. Um, well, it's a little bit complicated and also you know, a little bit contentious issue because it is true that for the first time, the chairman Kim Jong-un clearly mentioned that North Korea has intention to denuclearize, and that's a very meaningful kind of step. But at the same time, there are several measures that the both leaders from North and South Korea has agreed, but some of them is still contentious. First, they are talking about this intention to dismantle and help the, um, this, the Yongbyon, and, but problem is there is a precondition. If the United States will have, a, you just mentioned, the corresponding measure, then North Korea will the dismantlement of Yongbyon, the, uh, the nuclear facility. So important thing is this corresponding measure is pretty sure that that is a, a declaration of the end of the Cold War, end of the Korean War. But still, we are not sure at this moment the United States will accept this measure because U.S. has pretty much con- uh, consistent that they want to have a comprehensive list of North Korean nuclear capability. That's the only um, kind of a condition that the United States will have this. Will agree to have at the end of the declaration of the the declaration of the end of the Korean War. So North Korea uh, will be waiting to see the U.S. response. But so far in the last few hours, as you pointed out, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has um, suggested meeting with his counterpart from the North next week. However, a few hours before that, as I briefly mentioned before, the US was placing a lot of emphasis on making sanctions and denuclearization a priority at the UN General Assembly next week and also at a UN Security Council meeting. Is the US going to now change its tone, do you think, in order to not push too hard at this particular moment? I don't think United States will change um, her position, especially about the sanction, because United States has kept saying that several times that sanction will be continued until the final, this so-called CVID. So the United States will continue to uh, put uh, impose sanction on the North Korea, but it's also depend on the process of the declaration. If North Korea will have a very meaningful you know, kind of measure to denuclearization, then there will be a chance to release or relax some of the sanctions. For example, they are allowed to have this, uh, some, they very limited, the amount of the uh, limited case of this uh, economic cooperation between North and South Korea. Right now, the South Korea will uh, launch this uh, railroad and also road construction with North Korea. So that's one of the very important projects that North and South Korea pursue. But without any uh, release or the sanction, it's very difficult to, to continue to keep on this project. So this is one of the very important things that the South Korea and also North Korea want. 
Well, thank you very much for joining us today as well, Professor Park. All right, thank you.